How about now? That's there it is. Okay, there it is. Sorry, folks. All right, well, we'll start all over. Good evening, everybody. Good evening, right? It's not like the count from uh, Sesame Street, right? One, uh, two cookies. Now I want cookies. Well, we're going to talk tonight about the tabernacle. Uh, it's a very detailed chapter. It's uh, a very specific chapter. It's chapter 26. And so since there's a lot of material here, let's jump right on into it. Look at it. Back from Puerto Rico. Thank you. Good to see you. All right. Sorry about that, folks. Let's stand. Let's pray. And let's read God's Word. Father, we thank you that you are a God who dwells among your people. Thank you, Lord God, that you have given us your holy word. So we sang, Lord, open our eyes, Lord. Teach us humility, true obedience. Help us, Lord God, to just desire your truth, your word, and our inner parts, Lord, in every way, Lord. Reveal to us something about yourself here through your tabernacle, Lord God. Your word is not given to us just for something to read, some filler material. There's purpose in why you have this in Scripture. There's purpose in why you told Moses to build something exactly as you described. And so, Lord, open our eyes to that truth. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Exodus chapter 26. Moreover, you shall make the tabernacle with ten curtains of fine twined linen and blue and purple and scarlet yarns. You shall make them with cherubim skillfully worked into them. The length of each curtain shall be 28 cubits and the breadth of each curtain, curtain four cubits. All the, cube, all the curtains shall be the same size. Five curtains shall be coupled to one another and the other five curtains shall be coupled to one another. And you shall make loops of blue on the edge of the outermost curtain in the first set. Likewise, you shall make loops on the edge of the outermost curtain in the second set. Fifty loops you shall make on the one curtain, and fifty loops you shall make on the edge of the curtain that is in the second set. And the loops shall be opposite one another. And you shall make fifty clasps of gold and couple the curtains together, couple the curtains one to the other with the clasp so that the tabernacle may be a single whole you shall make the curtains of you shall make curtains of goat hair for a tent over the tabernacle 11 cube 11 curtains shall you make the length of each curtain shall be 30 cubits and the breadth of each curtain 4 cubits the 11 cu- curtains shall be the same size you shall couple Five curtains by themselves and six curtains by themselves. And a sixth curtain you shall double over at the front of the tent. You shall make 50 loops on the edge of the curtain. That is the outermost in one set. And 50 loops on the edge of the curtain. That is the outermost in the second set. And you shall make 50 clasps of bronze and put the clasps together in the loops and couple the tent together that they may be a single whole. And the part that remains of the curtain of the tent The half of the curtain that remains shall hang over the back of the tabernacle. And the extra that remains in the length of the curtain, the cubit on the one side and the cubit on the other side, shall hang over the sides of the tabernacle on on this side and that side to cover it. And you shall make for the tent a covering of tanned ram skins and a covering of goat skins on top. You shall make upright frames for the tabernacle of acacia wood. Ten cubits shall be the length of a frame and a cubit... (coughs) 
and a cubit and a half the breadth of each frame. There shall be two tenions in each frame for fitting together. So shall you do for all the frames of the tabernacle. You shall make the frames for the tabernacle, 20 frames for the south side, and 40 bases of silver you shall make under the 20 frames. Two bases under one frame for its two tenons, and two bases under the next frame for its two tenions. And the second side of the tabernacle on the north side, 20 frames, and there 40 bases of silver, two bases under one frame, and two bases under the next frame. And you shall... And for the rear of the tabernacle westward, you shall make six frames. And you shall make two frames from corner to, from for corners of the tabernacle in the rear. They shall be separate beneath, but joined in at the top at the first rising. Thus you shall make it with both them, and they shall form the two corners. And there shall be eight frames with the bases of silver, 16 bases, two bases under one frame and two bases under another frame. And you shall make bars of acacia wood, five for the frames in the, of the one side of the tabernacle and five bars for the frames in the other side of the tabernacle and five bars for the frames on the side of the tabernacle at the rear westward. Then the middle bar halfway up the frames shall run from end to end and you shall overlay the frames with gold and you shall make their gold you shall make their rings of gold for holders of the bars, and you shall overlay the bars with gold. And then you shall erect the tabernacle according to the plan for it, the plan for it that you were shown on the mountain. And you shall make a veil of blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined linen, and it shall be with cherubim skillfully, skillfully worked into it, and shall hang it on four pillars of acacia overlaid with gold, with hooks of gold on four bases of silver. And you shall hang the veil from clasp and bring the ark of the testimony in, in there within the veil. And the veil shall separate for you the holy place from the most holy place. You shall put the mercy seat of the ark of the testimony in the most holy place. And you shall set the table outside the veil and the lampstand on the south side of the tabernacle opposite the table. And you shall put the table on the north side. And you shall make the screen for the entrance of the tent of blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined linen and embroidered with needlework. And you shall make for the screen five pillars of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. Their hooks shall be gold and you shall cast five bronzes, five bases of bronze for them. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Boy, that was a lot to take in. A lot of technicality, right? God told Moses, you heard when John taught uh, a couple Sundays ago in the morning, he says in Exodus 25, verses 1 to 9, then Moses said, then the Lord, then Moses said, the Lord said to Moses, speak to the people of Israel that they take for me a contribution from every man whose heart moves him. You shall receive the contribution from me. And this is the contribution that you shall receive from them. Gold, silver, bronze, blue and purple and scarlet yarns, and fine twined linen, goat's hair, tans ram, tanned ram skins, goat skins, acacia wood, oil for the lamps, spices for the anointing oil, and for the fragrant incenses. Onyx stones, stones for setting for the ephod and for the, and for the breastpiece. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell in their midst. Exactly as I show you concerning the pattern of the tabernacle and of all its furniture, so you shall make it. So we see that everything that God said to collect is used in the making of the temple. It has a purpose in it. He says that I would make a tabernacle. 
They shall make me a sanctuary, verse 8, a tabernacle that I may dwell in their midst. The word tabernacle, tabernacle is mishkan, and it literally means a dwelling place, a place where God would dwell. God is a dwelling God. Thank God he's a dwelling God, that he is not a God who is far off, who is removed, who is uninterested in the world. He, you know, as deists would say, that God essentially wound up the clock, put it on the shelf, and, and, and has no interest in the world. God is immensely involved in this world. God is a dwelling God. In Exodus 29, 45, he says this, I will dwell among the people of Israel and will be their God. He is a dwelling God. Well, let's get an overview first of the tabernacle before we look at the different uh, parts of it because it's in Scripture and so we should look at it. It'll come up on the screen. We'll come up a picture. I don't know. You won't really be able to see that from your seats, but here's what probably, because we really don't know, because as John pointed, the only one that saw, the only one that really knows is Moses. He has the full picture. Uh, of what it is, and of course the children of Israel, because it was made exactly as God said. But you can see the, the temple complex here, the tabernacle complex here. And if you see up in the corner here, and I don't know who, I don't know if the camera doesn't see me, it doesn't matter. Um, you see a, a football field. It's roughly the whole curtain around was about half a football field, right? That gives us a kind of a perspective. So. Relatively speaking, the actual tabernacle itself was rather small compared to everything else. The tabernacle uh, consisted of the entrance, the altar, the bronze laver, the entrance to the tabernacle, the holy place, the most holy place. Um, And that was it. Very simple, yet very ornate. You wouldn't know that, though, by looking at it. Well, everything ornate was on the inside. It wasn't seen from the outside. The actual temple itself, the temple, the tabernacle itself would have been 45 feet long, 15 feet wide, and 15 feet high. And it would have been a flat-roofed structure. It would not have been a peak structure like uh, we may think it would have been. Let's look at the inner covering. God goes into great detail about how things should look. Verses 1 to 6, Moreover, you shall make the tabernacle with ten curtains of fine twined linen and purple and blue and purple and scarlet yarns, and you shall make them with cherubim skillfully worked into them. So he doesn't give a color here. Well, blue and purple... And, and, and what would happen is, is, is it was either blue or it was purple. And the cherubim were worked into it, either blue or purple. We really don't know. But a cherubim is a picture of an angel. God gave a picture of what an angel looked like. So you can picture a, 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 a covering over that's 45 feet long, 15 feet high, and 15 feet wide. Um, covered over, and there's cherubim skillfully. Notice he says skillfully. Later on, we'll see that God God put within two particular people a spirit of craftsmanship, a holy ab and Beziel. 
He gave the spirit of craftsmanship to be able to build the tabernacle for God. And so you had this incredible blue and purple with, with cherubim all over it. What does that remind us of? It's a picture of heaven, right? What is surrounding God's throne? Cherubim. Angels are surrounding God's throne. He says, The length of each curtain shall be 10, 28 cubits, the length of, and the breadth of each curtain shall be four cubits. All the curtains shall be the same size. Five curtains shall be coupled uh, to one another, and the other five curtains shall be coupled to one another. And you shall make, loop, make, shall make loops of blue on the edge of the outermost curtain on the first set. So you got, you got five curtains, 28 cubits long, four cubits wide. A cubit is about 18 inches. And they have 50 loops on the one side. Same curtain, 50 loops on the other side, opposite one another, and they were connected with gold clasps. And it would make one whole curtain. So this curtain's length would have been 42 feet long, 6 feet high, and it would have been now 18 inches off the ground, one cubit off the ground. Why is that? I don't know. Maybe it's because of the color, because of its beauty, and if it was dragging on the ground, it, it, it wasn't common to be able to be in touch with the ground. That's the, that's the only thing I could think of, that it just wasn't common. It was to hang above the ground. It was holy. It was the covering of the holy place and the most holy place. So it was just like a giant wallpaper all the way around to, to, to put it in how we would understand it. And it was something to behold. It was beautiful. It was skillfully made. It was blue and it was purple and had cherubim in it. It was something to see. So God says, let's cover it over. <laughs> let's make sure we cover over this. We don't want everybody looking at this. So he, dis, he prescribes a second and a third covering for the tabernacle. He says, And you shall also make curtains of goat's hair for a tent over the tabernacle. Eleven curtains shall you make. The length of each curtain shall be 30 cubits, and the breadth of each, cubit, of each curtain four cubits. The eleven curtains shall be the same size, and you shall couple five curtains by themselves and six curtains by themselves, and the sixth curtain you shall double over at the front of the tent. You shall make 50 loops on the edge of the curtain, that is the outermost on one set, and 50 loops on the edge of the curtain, that is the outermost of the second set. He says, and then you shall make clasp of bronze, not gold, bronze, and put the clasp into the loops and couple the tent together that it may be a single whole. And the part that remains of the curtain of the tent, the half of the tent that remains, the half curtain that remains shall hang over the back of the tabernacle and the extra that remains in the length of the curtain, the cubit on one side and the cubit on the other side shall hang over the sides of the tabernacle on the sides and on this side and that side to cover it. And you shall make for the tent a covering of tanned ram skins and a covering of goat skins on top. So what's all this mean? So you have the inner curtain, which covers the entire thing. So the wall, what would we would be the walls and the ceiling are blue and purple with cherubim all around it. And now he says covered over with goat's hair. Make 
curtains out of goat's hair. I mean, anybody ever petted a goat? I've petted goats, right? You'd think, man, that just can't be comfortable. It's very practical. They're waterproof, aren't they? I mean, they can live out in the rain. Um, he said, make this covering over it of goat skin. He doesn't give a color. He doesn't tell us what it is, but make a covering over it. On top of that, actually, he says, make this covering, these 11 curtains, 5 and 6, with bronze class, no longer gold. Now we're at bronze. And then he tells them to make another covering of tanned goat skins. How many of you in your Bible says red uh, uh, skins that are dyed red? Or maybe if you look in your Bible, you'll see a little footnote that says dyed red. And baby, we're going, oh, the blood, covered by the blood. Oh, don't, please don't think that. that. That's like reading like so much into it that you shouldn't read into. The normal way in which they tan skins, even in that region of the world today, is to have a, like a, a reddish dye within it. It was just how it was tanned. It has no spiritual significance whatsoever that I can tell. Um, it was just meant to cover over. So you have the inner curtain, you have the goat's hair, and now you have ram skins over it. And then he says to put another layer of skins, maybe your Bible says of sea cows, or perhaps of, we don't know what it really is, it's porpoises maybe. It was waterproof material. So you have this this, this, this rectangle that's 45 feet wide, long, 15 feet high and 15 feet wide, covered over in blue, covered over in goat's hair, covered over in goat skin, and then covered over again. Um, God is very specific in how it is to be made. Then he tells them how to make the framework to hold it. Something's got to hold this up. It just doesn't hold its shape by itself. He's very specific on how to make the frames for this. 15 to 30 says, you shall make upright frames for the tabernacle of acacia wood. Why acacia wood? That's the dominant wood in the desert. Use what's there. If pine trees were there, he would have said, use pine trees. If it was cedar trees, he said, what do you said? Use cedar trees. But it was acacia wood. Ten cubits shall be the length of a frame, and a cubit and half the breadth of each frame. There shall be two tenions in each frame for fitting together. Everybody know what a tenion is, right? It's, it's, it, it, if you've seen woodworking, where if you take a, the end of a stick and you make it smaller than the other part, it goes into a hole. That's called a mortise and a tenion. It would go into a, a, another hole, particularly here, the bases. They were made to fall into the bases, so thou shalt do for all the frames of the tabernacle. You shall make the frames for the tabernacle, 25 frames for the south side, and 40 bases of silver. So now we go from gold to bronze to silver. Silver you shall make under the 20 frames, uh, uh, and 40 bases of silver shall make under the 20 frames, two bases under one frame for its two tenions, and two bases under the next frame for its base. So in other words, you had... These bases, which had really the mortise in it, and then the tenion of the, of the uh, acacia wood would go into it next to each other. So you had two bases and two bases and, and so on and so on. You get it's building a wall, a portable wall. The whole point of this tabernacle was to be portable. 
to be taken down when God, remember what God, when the cloud would lift, what would the children of Israel do? It moved, they moved. They followed it wherever God led them. So this whole thing was made to be portable, to be taken down and erected. He says, under the second side of the tabernacle, on the north side, 20 frames, and there are 40 bases of silver, two bases under one frame and two bases under the frame. So if we were looking at it from their perspective, uh, on, on the south side would be the left, and on the north side would be the right. So there's 25 and 25. And for the rear of the tabernacle, westward, west, you shall make six frames. And you shall make two frames for each for four corners of the tabernacle in the rear. So they were doubled at the corners for strength. They shall separate beneath, but be joined at the top at the first ring. Thus shall you make it, thus shall it be with both of them, and they shall form the two corners. And there shall be eight frames with their bases of silver, sixteen bases, two bases under one frame, and two bases under another frame. And you shall make bars of acacia wood for the five, five frames for the tabernacle on one side of the tabernacle and five bars for the frames on the other side of the tabernacle and five bars for the frames on the side of the tabernacle at the rear westward. The middle bar halfway up the frames shall run from end to end. You shall overlay the frames with gold and shall make their rings of gold for holders for the bars, and you shall overlay the bars with gold. And thus, you, th then you shall erect the tabernacle according to the plan for it that you were shown on the mountain. So, he was to make these bars, he's make these, 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 these poles, these frames, and they were to be into silver bases on the top and the bottom, and on that would be rings in which the poles would be put in, right? Five, up and down, um, and on the back, there were six. So right now, if you're looking at it, if, I, if, I'm, if this is the tabernacle, the entrance is wide open. There's just the sides. There's this, the roof. And there's the back. There's frames for all of that. And all of that right now is completely covered. He moves from there. He tells them to make the inner curtain. The inner curtain, of course, we're very familiar with. It's what separates the holy place from the most holy place. He says, And you shall make a veil of blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twin and line, linen, and it shall be made with cherubim skillfully worked into it. And you shall hang it on four pillars of acacia wood overlaid with gold, with hooks of gold on four bases of silver. And you shall hang the veil from the class and bring the ark of the testimony in there within the veil. And the veil shall separate for you the holy place from the most holy place. And you shall put, on the, put the mercy seat on the, ark of the, on the ark of the testimony in the most holy place. And you shall set the table outside the veil and the lampstand on the south side of the tabernacle opposite the table. And you shall put the table on the north side. So here we go. He says, now make this special curtain on the inside. It's made on four bases, and it's hung on hooks. So more than likely, in the back, the, the, the curtain would not go all the way up to the, the ceiling. There would be a gap in the ceiling, but it would go all the way to the floor. And on these four posts, on gold rings, on silver bases, only on the bottom, 
um, they would hang the curtain with the cherubim on it. And that separates the most holy place from the holy place. And God says that not in front of the curtain, but onto the, let me go from this direction, the left of the curtain, you shall put the lampstand. And on the right of it, the north side, you shall put the table. The table of altar, the table of showbread is probably what it is, the altar of incense. Actually, the table would be on the right, and the altar of incense would be right in front of the curtain. He's very specific on what to do. I know this is a lot to think, like, ah, uh, it's okay. Then he tells them how to make the entrance. Up till now, the entrance is wide open. He says, you shall make a screen. Not a curtain, a screen. For the entrance of the tent of blue and purple and scarlet yarns and of fine twined linen embroiled with needlework. Doesn't say cherubim, with needlework. And you shall make for the screen five pillars of acacia and overlay them with gold. Their hooks shall be of gold and you shall cast five bases of bronze for them. Now we're back to the bronze. So now you have in the front four, five poles of acacia wood overlaid with gold with hooks and bronze bases. And there you are to hang a curtain with needlework within it. We don't know what the needlework was. It doesn't say cherubim. It's, it's purposeful. It doesn't say cherubim. It says fine needlework. I don't know what it was. None of us do. God knows what it is. What does this tell us? What does all this information tell us? Right? And you're probably going, oh, man, cubics, 28, 24. Oh, my God. Whoa, cherubim, this and colors, purple, blue. And your mind's going to be spinning here tonight. Well, we need to remember that this tabernacle, the Bible tells us, is a copy of what is in heaven. Hebrews 8, 5 tells us this. They serve a copy of the shadow of the heavenly things. For when Moses was about to erect the tent, he was instructed by God saying, See that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown you on the mountain. So when we get to heaven, there's going to be blue, there's going to be purple, I would imagine, there's going to be cherubim, there's going to be gold, and there's going to be silver, and there's going to be all of those things. Maybe not. Maybe not. Because eventually we get to the point where Jesus himself is the tabernacle. Right? I don't think we're going to go to heaven and see, wow, look at all this. We're going to see Jesus, who is the fulfillment of everything that the tabernacle is about. What can we learn about this? All this information. Very specific details. Right? God said, again, to Moses in 25.9, Exactly as I show you concerning the pattern of the tabernacle and of all its furniture, so you shall make it. No pressure, Moses. (laughs) No pressure. Make it exactly as I told you. God is very, very specific. I am so thankful that God is specific. Not only specific and about how to make a tabernacle, 
But isn't God very specific in how He tells us how to live our life? He may not tell us what career we should have in the Bible, but He tells us, this is what I require of you. This is the heart attitude that I want of you. I want you to manifest love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Very specific. God is a specific God. God is a God who doesn't leave you wondering, well, I wonder what God requires of me. No, he has shown you, O oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? That you should do justly, that you should walk humbly with the Lord your God. God is very specific. Second, I see in here that God is just very practical. Just practical. It's a very simple practical construction of the tabernacle. Ornate, beautiful, absolutely. But the construction is just simple. It's practical. It works. The bases work. The bars work. The curtains work. Even the outer curtain works. He makes it waterproof. He makes it sealed from the elements. Think about the goat skin that's in between it. To me, if you ask me, that's like an insulating factor because they're in a desert. And these priests are going to be in there, and it's just going to become a hot box. They're going to be sweating more than they probably should have. I think the, the goat hair serves as an insulating layer to keep them uh, 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 protected within this. The outer coating is just practical. God is a practical God. What God tells us to do is practical. It works. God's ways are always better than our ways. How many of us learn that the hard way? We knew what God says this. I went and did it this way because I thought I knew better than God. And then we had to circle the long way back around just to do it God's way. God is so practical. I think most importantly we see that God is holy. God is holy. Matter of fact, he's not just holy. He is, as R.C. Sproul would remind us, the late Dr. R.C. Sproul, he is thrice holy. He is three times holy. Isaiah 6, and the Lord, and one called to another, that is these cherubim, these angels, that are the ones that are woven into this curtain. Now, these are real cherubim. This is a picture of heaven of which Isaiah saw because he saw the Lord high and lifted up, sitting in the tabernacle. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Or in Revelation chapter 4, verse 8, it's a copy. What do we see in heaven? What does John see in heaven? He says in Revelation 4, And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within. And day and night, they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. What does the phrase who was and is and is to come. It speaks of God's eternality. God is eternal. God is holy. 
It's seen right in the way in which the whole place was made. It was made beautiful. It was gold. It's silver. It's blue. It's purple. It's got cherubim all around it. And you know what else? It's hidden from sight. Not everybody was, could see this. This wasn't open to anybody. It's not like, you know, if somebody came in here and says, hey, I'm thinking about coming to church, you could give me a tour. I would give them a tour of the church. Nobody would even dare to think, ooh, I wonder, you know, oh, can I, can I have a peek inside? No, you can't. God is not easily accessible here. He's accessible through one man once a year. That's how he was. A, he is a holy God. But he's also a tabernacling God, a dwelling God. And it points to us to the day in which Jesus Christ came into the world. John 1.14 tells us this, And the Word became flesh and dwelt. That's the word tabernacled. It's the same word, tabernacled among us. And we have seen his glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. If that's not good enough, that Jesus came into the world, Jesus, God himself, the Spirit of God, dwells in you and in me if we are God's children. I mean, who, you know, who are you and who am I compared to the beauty of the tabernacle? And yet God says, I'm going to dwell within you. You know, it's interesting to know, and I should have said it before, we had gold clasps. We have bronze clasps, silver bases, and in the entrance are bronze bases. Why is that? All the inner stuff is gold. The outer clasps are bronze. The bases of the entrance are bronze. I think that's very symbolic to tell us that when you go past the bronze, you are entering into the holy. It's very symbolic. You are now entering into the holy. And it was actually called the holy place and the holy of holies. The fact that God, holy, perfect, and just God, would even choose to dwell among us is absolutely astounding. More than that, that he would say, I am going to choose you to be my temple. 1 Corinthians 3.16, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? But you know what? Even that, even that's temporary. Because we're going to look forward to the day in which we dwell with God face-to-face, if that's the way to put it. Revelation 21, 1-4. And then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place, the tabernacle of God is with man. He shall dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. 
He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Why is, why is it just temporary that the Spirit of God lives within me? Because even as the Spirit of God lives in me, you know what I have? I have tears and I have sorrows. But when Jesus returns, the holy God, to bring us forever into the holy of holies of which we will have unfettered access to, there will be no more tears, no more pain, no more sorrow. All traces of evil, all traces of sin will be gone. For we will be like him. And so as we look at the tabernacle, I have to ask myself and I'll ask you, what are you longing for? What are you setting your hope on? Is your hope that you will one day dwell with God forever in just nothing separating you from Him, nothing separating you from His absolute pure, unadulterated holiness. That, that veil in the middle was there for a reason. You know, the, the children of Israel, the majority of them never saw the inside of the tabernacle. The Levites did, and even not all of them. Just the ones who were assigned to. And then when they packed up the, tab, the, the, the tabernacle and they carried the ark, I don't think we should ever think, as we see in pictures, that there was the ark uh, just uncovered and walking around. It was the dwelling place of God. They were careful to cover the ark, to cover everything, so that it, you didn't just go, oh, there's the ark. Like it was just a, no. It was so holy. Most people never saw it. And the high priest, when you, we know that when he was able to see it, he didn't just walk in there, oh, I'm going to go see the ark. He was like, oh, <laughs> whoa, I'm going to see the ark. Whew. I better make this quick. Seven times, I'm out, right? Unfortunately, you know what God said? He actually had to go in, he had to go out, and he had to come back in again, uh, if you really read what Scripture says. But we will be able, never in fear of death, never in fear of God striking us down, that we are not, we are not made perfect to be in His presence. When the Lord returns, we will be with Him forever. What is your hope? Look at what Paul says, and we'll end with this. Paul says to the church in Philippi, Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies to be like His, like His glorious body, by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to Himself. Do you know where you really live? Do you know where you really live? We're citizens of heaven. We're sojourners. And we're waiting for the day. The tabernacle tells us, points us to a day in which Christ will return. Because remember what happened when Christ said, it is finished. The veil was torn. Jesus passed through the heavenly places. And Jesus will return again. And we will dwell with the Lord forever. Praise be to God that he is a dwelling God. Father, thank you. Thank you that you are indeed a dwelling God.
Thank you, Lord God, that you have redeemed us from the corrupt ways of the world. Thank you, Father God, that you grant to us through your Son, Jesus Christ, through his work, through his priesthood, that we have entrance into your perfect holiness. Oh, Father, may we never take it for granted. May it help us. May it transform us. May it be what shapes our walk. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand. Let's close on a song. Open up your hymnals to hymn number three, Holy, Holy, Holy. and we'll sing all four verses. Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty Early in the morning Our song shall rise to Thee Holy, 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 merciful and mighty, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. Holy, 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 all the saints adore Thee, Casting down their golden crowns around the glassy sea. Cherubim and seraphim falling down before thee. Which word and art and evermore shall be. Holy, 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 though the darkness hide thee, though the eye of sinful men thy glory may not see. Only thou art holy, there is none beside thee. Perfect in power and love and purity. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. All thy works shall praise thy name in earth and sky and sea. Holy, 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 merciful and mighty, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. And let's turn one more. I'm sorry, but uh, definitely we talk about all these different dimensions and our life can be built on nothing but that solid rock, so 526.
and we'll just sing uh, one, three, and four, all right? My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ's solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. His oath is covenant, his blood support me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. On Christ's solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. On Christ's solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. Be blessed.